Happy Thursday, Tater Totters! How are we, Topics of Taboo fam? It has been a little while, I must admit, since uh, recording my last solo episode, but your girl is back and thriving, and I can't wait to tell you where I've been. Um, it's time to get real. Welcome back to another episode of Topics of Taboo, the raw and honest podcast where we unpack, educate, and attempt to erase the stigma surrounding taboo topics. I'm your host, Megan Dykeman, and in today's episode, I'm going to be delving into my current mental state and physical health, the things that have happened to me over the past couple of weeks and months, and yeah, just a little cash chit-chat on my own with my besties, you know how it is. Um, Yeah, I wanted to chat a little bit about being diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I did a little bit of an Insta Q&A last night, and I had quite a few questions regarding how I went about getting diagnosed, um, what I'm doing for it currently. And as well, a few questions around ADHD, because I've been very um, open and honest about the current situation I'm in and wanting to be diagnosed. Um, But obviously, yeah, not trying not to self-diagnose, but also being very hyper aware of my symptoms and how they're affecting me in everyday life. So I'm going to talk a little bit about anxiety first and being diagnosed with it. Um, the medication I'm currently on and then talk a little bit about how I've gone about or my pathway to being possibly diagnosed with ADHD, the types of symptoms I'm feeling and thoughts I'm having and um, why I'm sort of on that track to try and get diagnosed. And I obviously want to be very open and honest about it um, throughout everything because I think it's very important. And without other people being open and honest about their symptoms and feelings online, I would not have introspected and have had a little look about my own symptoms and things and I've been feeling and what I've struggled with for the longest time, like even throughout primary school and high school. And I just, you know, didn't, didn't think about it. Um, in the slightest but yeah we'll dive into that a bit more. So to start with the anxiety I guess this links in a little bit to taking the pill for so long as well. I actually just created a TikTok surrounding that because I think it's really important to um, encourage the conversation around the pill and how it can affect you. Um, Before we get started I'm obviously not anti-pill at all. I've spoken about contraceptive methods and birth control on the podcast before um, and I am an advocate for it for the right reasons in terms of yeah stopping you from getting pregnant um, or assisting you obviously it's not 100% and you know for people with endo and PCOS it is obviously a very good method but there are things that can happen to people on the pill Um, it can mess with some individuals and yeah I think I was one of those people so I came off the pill as most of you probably know I would say well over I'd be about six months almost now and for the first month or so it was fine I felt better off it like immediately mentally um but what I didn't realize and what I'm coming to realize now is that the pill almost like numbed a lot of my emotions so I would still get upset sure I'd still get happy at things sure or nervous or excited like we're only human obviously we all experience emotions but it wasn't until I came off the pill that I realized how decreased those emotions were I guess like I just felt numbs the wrong word but like those emotions were halved in their intensity, if that makes sense. So I, yeah, I would be happy and excited about stuff, but it was never over the top or never, you know, not much. It was, it was just like sort of mid range, which sounds good because that sounds like, you know, stable, but 
the fact that I couldn't get, I, I didn't cry like all that much on the pill. In fact, now that I'm thinking about it, whoa, yeah, I didn't cry much on the pill. Like something had to be really, really emotional for me to cry about it. I get sad about stuff, but I'd just be like, oh yeah, like that sucks, you know, and wallow in it for a bit, but I just wouldn't cry. And that's something I noticed coming off the pill. I cried like every week and there was a lot of other things going on, but I would break down and break down and like just cry and cry. And I didn't really do that on the pill. And that's actually something I've just noticed now. So there's another revelation. But yeah, then like once I came off the pill, I felt like I feel like I'm still feeling new feels and like I I feel like a completely different person, if I'm honest. Like, I really do. And and I know a lot of people say this, and I thought, oh, yeah, it's, like, a bit cliche when people say you come off the pill and, like, this whole cloud, um, like, disappears, you know, like, this cloud above your head, it just disappears. You're able to think clearer, feel things more intensely, um, get your libido back if you lost it or, you know, those sorts of things. And then, obviously, with getting your period back, you may feel more cramps and you might feel your ovulation because, obviously, when you're on the pill, you're not ovulating. You're literally pumping a synthetic form of hormone into your body and and tricking your body into thinking that you are doing all of this when in fact you're not it just completely stops your ovulation and and, and natural cycle um but yeah so yeah coming off now I'm even starting to think a lot more clear and that probably has a lot to do with um, the medication I'm on perhaps and seeing a psych and all those sorts of things that I will dive into shortly but I can't even begin to explain how different I feel mentally and that is for a number of different things but namely yeah the stronger emotions actually feeling my feelings now so not just thinking I was feeling them but being sort of almost numb to them you know um, when I'm sad now I'm really sad like when I'm happy, I'm really happy or really nervous or really anxious and stressed, which obviously isn't great. But when I'm on the pill and I'm stressed, when I was on the pill and I got stressed and anxious, like, yeah, I would be. And that would be heightened. But now when I'm stressed and anxious, holy shit. And again, I've just been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. Like it's not, it's no joke, but I may have had that on the pill, but it masked my, and like decreased the intensity of my emotions a little, that it's sort of like, wasn't a thing wasn't a bother and that's scary as hell probably a good thing because I can just imagine I've been through a lot the past couple of years and I can't even imagine how I would have coped off the pill if that sounds bad but obviously it helped in some way with my emotion intensity there but my god like coming off the pill yeah it is literally like a cloud has just disappeared and cleared like the rainstorm that was like above my head just completely rained out and then just left and it's all blue skies now and it's like clear it is a really really hard emotion to explain that's sort of the best way I can explain it and I feel like that's the best way a lot of other people can explain it because that's all I've seen that is like the common literature around coming off the pill is that you just feel like much clearer um and it's true and it's true for me anyway it has taken some time as I said it's been like six months and I I don't know had a bit of a rocky time with the first couple of periods I had were normal and then my cycle stretched all the way out to 40 days and I was like oh god what's going on here my last cycle was 35 days and keep in mind like pre-pill I was 28 day cycle to the hour to the minute even like I'd always get it on a Wednesday morning at like 10 a.m 
like clockwork, honestly. And yeah, coming off the pill, obviously high hopes, high expectations, wanting everything to go back to normal, very natural. And obviously those expectations were way, way, way too high. And I should have known that. And I had people around me telling me that as well. I like, oh no, it can take like 12 months after coming off the pill for everything to regulate and be normal again. But I think I really freaked myself out by that. I was even seeing people about it and like health professionals that were like, no, 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 it can take some time. It's okay. Um, Yeah, I think that paired with anxiety, paired with all my gut issues, I think I was blaming a lot of it on the pill, which I'm still not free of. Like, I'm not going to say the pill did nothing, but I now know that I've been diagnosed with celiac disease. Um, I know that a lot of my stomach issues, bloating, all of that weren't necessarily to do with the pill. Um, It could have contributed to it, but obviously it I don't imagine it would have given me celiac disease. That's something you're born with and then triggered um, at a certain point in your life. But yeah, no, it was certainly one of the things that I was blaming for quite some time. Um, But even if it wasn't causing me the physical symptoms, it definitely was doing more harm than good to my mental health and to me not knowing who I was off the pill which is scary and no one else's fault and I'm not blaming the pill at all because as I said it served its purpose I was on it for 10 years and it was great while I was on it because I didn't know what it was masking and I could never know that obviously without going off it um so that's fine but yeah I just I guess everyone has a different experience on it and that was sort of what I've come to realize since coming off so there's that um So yeah, that happened. And then, as I said, when I came off the pill, my emotions were intense, like very intense. Probably the first month was fine because obviously it takes a while for the pill to filter out of your system. Um, But then I started going through a lot of things physically and like mentally um, as well, granted. But I would break down. I would break down into tears to my boyfriend two, minimum two times a week. Like, actually, that's not an exaggeration. And that wasn't me. And I was just like, what the actual F is going on right now? Like, that, this isn't me. What's going on? I don't cry. And I remember telling my best friend, Charlie, I was on the phone to her and I was like, what? I'm crying two or three times a week. Like, you know, this isn't me. And she agreed because she's never really seen me cry. And we've been friends for many, many years, but we've been friends the whole time I've been on the pill. (laughs) So that's interesting. Yeah. I started crying my anxiety through the roof. I'm not really someone that ever, I've always been there for friends that have had anxiety and I've, I've, noticed it at times like when I've been super duper anxious about like a presentation or applying for a job yeah like a normal healthy level of anxiety and nervousness of course but in terms of actual like generalized anxiety I had actually never experienced that before in my life until this year until after coming off the pill and realizing I had all these thoughts and emotions that had been happening in the background but not to their full extent or capacity so yeah I started having breakdowns very tight chest getting like all the physical symptoms of anxiety as well as the mental symptoms and I just did not know what to do I got to a point where I was now being told I was possible celiac Um, I had a few things going on at work I'm working two jobs uh, all the COVID stuff not being able to see my family um, getaways and stuff cancelled jobs cancelled like 
other personal things going on. Like I had a lot on my plate and I was like, oh boy, okay, I, I really need to see a psychologist. So yeah, I started seeing a psych. She's really lovely. And I did go in for, oh yeah, also thinking I had ADHD. So I think I've mentioned this before. I did end up on the ADHD side of TikTok, but we all know, okay, if you're on TikTok, you know that the For You page is really for you. Like it, uh, it is so accurate, even without searching things or, and I know it works on what you like or what you watch a lot of, but I hadn't been watching anything on ADHD. One thing just popped up and I thought, hmm, I relate to that. And obviously from then, I started um, liking a lot of the content and following a lot of those creators. But yeah, it was a bit strange. So I went to my psych and told her absolutely everything, my whole life story, um, and then told her about my concerns, queries and concerns, re ADHD. Now, I went in there not talking about anxiety. I told her I'm anxious and I, you know, get anxious very easily about A, B and C. Um, but my main concern was everything else that was going on in my life, how to reduce stress and to be, get diagnosed with ADHD or start at least testing for it. Um, I just want to briefly talk about a few of the things. If some of you are, you know, have been diagnosed with ADHD, especially as an adult, I'd love to hear from you. But yeah, I guess since coming off the pill, these are a lot of the things that I've noticed um, that also can fall into the category of ADHD and can fall into the category of anxiety or anxiety depression. And now I know a lot of those, it is really hard to diagnose anxiety in adults, especially in women, because we are able to and taught to subconsciously and consciously to mask a lot of the symptoms and unmask a lot of behaviors that are seen as inappropriate for women or girls in school. Um, so yeah, these are a lot of the symptoms that I noticed that I am able to mask, but I don't when I'm by myself or at home, you know, working from home as well. I've noticed it a lot more. Um, but yeah, these are a few of the things that have happened to me since coming off the pill and since um, sort of experiencing these emotions to their full extent. So I'm easily agitated. Oh boy, big time. Uh, mood swings were extreme the first couple of months. I'm now on anxiety meds, so that is helping a bit, but still extreme mood swings. I shut down emotionally. Um, if something happens, as I said, like I was crying two or three times a week, having breakdowns, just as something so little could trigger me and I would just break down and not want to talk about it and just shut myself down emotionally, which I've never been like, um, restless leg always. I'm always bouncing my leg, except for if like right now I'm both of my elbows are on my knees, so I can't, but always, always, always. I'm always on and find it very hard to relax. And that probably has a lot to do with how I have, I just have so much going on, two jobs, all these health issues that have happened recently. Um, you know, trying to keep up with talking to people through this time, like replying to messages, like content, so much stuff. Um, Social exhaustion, always tired, highly anxious, easily annoyed and emotionally sensitive. I am so emotionally charged and sensitive. As I said, like the smallest thing could trigger me and I'm gone. Like I'm just gone. I zone out a lot during conversations, even with my loved ones, um, unless I'm super, super engaged or I really, really need to be listening to something to learn it. For example, at work um, or like obviously a very, very serious matter with uh, my boyfriend or my parents or my housemates or whatever. Yes, I will. But if it's something that that isn't of direct interest to me I just zone out and it like looks rude but it's just I cannot focus 
I forget what I'm saying mid-sentence, this one happens a lot, and I'm just very forgetful in general, especially of things that have happened. I also have no concept of time, whole, and this has actually been an issue with my partner and like just in general getting ready. I, it's so weird, like if I have an appointment at two o'clock, I'll think I have to start getting ready at 10. Like I know I take a little bit of time to get ready. It's either, it's on two, like the spectrum on two ends, like a, I think I have to get ready at like 10 and then like, you know, it's 10.30 and I'm like, oh my God, I've got ages. Or I think I can get ready in a much shorter amount of time, even though I know myself and I know it takes me a certain amount of time to do stuff. I don't know what that time actually is. And I always think I can get stuff done in a shorter amount of time than I can. And like, for example, I'll say to phrase, say I have a few things, a few bits and pieces of content to edit. I'll just be like, oh, I just have to quickly do something. It'll take me five minutes and it will take me an hour. And that's not a concept that I can grasp. It's impossible. When I tell you it's impossible, it is. And I that's another thing. I think I've taken five minutes as well. When it's been like 40 minutes, 45 minutes, it's felt like five minutes, like truly. Um, that's another big thing with ADHD. Um, it's really hard for me to finish projects with no distractions or starting a new project halfway through. So I'll get bored very easily. Oh, so easily. I've always been bored and being an only child as well. Always bored, always telling mum and dad I'm bored. Um, I'll get bored with, unless it's like a passion. So unless it's, and that's probably a hyperfixation, my podcast or even YouTube. But even then, like I have, obviously I've had these bits where I haven't uploaded or created content and that's not because I'm bored. That's because I'm just overworked and had so much going on that I just physically couldn't. But there's definitely been times where I've just, bored I'm doing like a hobby certain hobby like knitting I'll knit for like a week and then I'll get bored I'll read a book for two days and then I'm bored um that's just always been an issue answering texts and emails in a reasonable time is oh I'm sorry it just doesn't happen for me like unless it's an urgent if someone texts me and it's about me seeing them that day or it's my partner or it's not even my parents if it's my partner or if I'm seeing someone that day I'll obviously reply and say yeah I'll meet you there I'll meet you here and then we chat and we have a really really good time messages like Facebook messages can't can't open them I'll have like 15 20 there and from like two weeks ago and then I'll do this massive reply you know and actually talk to them and and do a really good response and then it'll be like another week or two before I can actually find it in myself to reply again and I know like I've spoken about this multiple times with friends and family members and they're like yeah you know it's just like the world at the moment everyone just has a lot going on it's it's a lot of your energy to be putting out to other people and maybe you need it more and that is true but this is like next level like next level um rereading the same sentence over and over in a book or textbook I thought this was normal or like cognitively normal uh sorry neurotypical But I did this in like high school and primary school. But I guess in primary school, maybe not so much. You'd probably read out loud, you know, that sort of thing. But um, in high school, yeah, and and uni, I would seriously have to focus so much of my attention to a book. Like I'd have to be by myself, quiet. And yeah, I'd find myself reading over the same sentence over and over again to get it in my head. And even then sometimes still forget it. I don't know how I did so well in uni and high school. I honestly don't. And that brings me to the testing and an issue with the testing that I'll talk about soon. I have a couple more dot points. Um, can never shut off constant thoughts and worry. And it's that's true. I'm always thinking like my thoughts are constant. I always have music playing in my head. I always have a song in the back 
of my head, which I also thought was normal, but apparently it's not. Um, seriously, songs are stuck in my head constantly and I never have a clear mind, um, which is why I've been practicing a lot of mindfulness and meditation and stuff like that, deep breathing exercises, which has helped. But yeah, I never really have a clear mind. Um, loud sounds and, and like people in supermarkets overwhelm me. I bloody hate it. I hate going to the supermarket. I mean, it's not the best task in the world, but you know, there's people out there that do enjoy going to get their weekly shop I hate it it makes me so anxious even if there's like no one there like obviously if more and more people are there I don't like it and in COVID times that's probably why as well but I just hate doing it it's such a big stress for my mind I don't know why even if I go in with a list I just I'll find a way to forget something I I will (laughs) and then oversharing even with people that barely know me I will tell them my whole life story obviously in a setting where that's okay like it's not just going to be some random on the street but actually if I liked them enough and they were open enough I probably would it is not the worst thing in the world but it can be harmful um especially when you meet someone and they're not ready to receive all of that information from you you know like which I guess is is handy in terms of this podcast because it makes you more relatable if you can be more open and honest about your feelings and thoughts and things going on in your life obviously but um yeah that's another major thing. So I have a lot there. There's probably more, honestly, but that, but that's the list of things I took into my psych. And by the end of the first session, she wanted to test me. She was like, yep. Um, so we'll run a few tests next session and we'll see how we go. Um, oh, also waking up feeling very groggy as well. I never feel well rested. I never have an issue getting to sleep whatsoever, but I wake up very tired and it takes me like half an hour to wake up properly. So I have an alarm set at seven to get up at 7.30 because otherwise I cannot. But yeah, so then the following week or maybe it was the following fortnight, we did the testing and unfortunately one of the tests relies on your memory from schooling. So your schooling years in primary school, early years and being a woman and being a girl, as I mentioned previously, we are taught to mask a lot of behaviors that are seen as inappropriate for women, such as being disruptive. You know, it's always the boys that are disruptive. Girls must sit and cross their legs and listen and be quiet. You know, Um, you must be seen and not heard, that kind of thing. And in terms of grades, I wasn't bad. Um, Like it wasn't amazing, but I wasn't bad. I never really failed anything. I never was I was never kept down a grade you know none of the like super telltale signs but they're not all there and you don't have to have every symptom to have ADHD um and yeah the more and more I went through it I was like oh god this was not me as a child I wasn't disruptive I wasn't restless in that way in class I you know I did talk a lot and I did get told off for that but you know I had to score a certain number to um, classify, be classified as or to be successfully diagnosed with ADHD out of the three tests. So there was two that were like adult, um, sort of like how I'm feeling now or how I've felt in the past couple of weeks slash months. And then there was the child one. The child one, I didn't score anywhere near what I needed to, but the two adult tests, I scored well and above and beyond. Like I was off the charts for adult ADHD. So yeah, she was unable to diagnose me because of that, but I was sort of, I don't know, like, ugh, that sucks. But she diagnosed me with generalized anxiety disorder because a lot of the symptoms cross over. Um, 
So I was like, okay. And look, I was a little bit disappointed with that because I, you know, I've had a lot going on recently and I always know when something's not right or if something is just not it. And a lot of those things that I have thought have just been not it when I've gone with my gut have been wrong. So I I knew I had to keep investigating my stomach. I knew it wasn't just functional gut disorder, which is what I was told. I knew there was something wrong with my back. I knew my hips were misaligned. I went to an osteo and yes, sure enough, they were out of line. I knew my hormones were out of balance and they were out of balance. I'm very in tune with my body and my soul. And that answer to me was like, okay, yep, sure. I probably have anxiety, but anxiety and ADHD and or depression can go hand in hand. They can affect each other and they can also be individual. They can have their own things without interacting with each other. But yeah, it just wasn't enough for me. And she was aware of that. Um, so I went and got a second opinion from a GP and he has referred me on to an, uh, a psychiatrist that specializes in adult ADHD. So yeah, I've been successfully referred to him and hopefully I'll see him towards the end of the year because he is quite booked out. But yeah good times ahead I had to do a few more tests and send them through to him I had to get my mum to fill one out um, and my partner to fill one out so it's a lot more comprehensive than the three I did with my psych so fingers crossed for that Um, but in the meantime yeah I've been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder and I started taking Lexapro about eight days ago Um, can I tell you I do feel better in terms of like getting distracted very easily and being able to stay on task absolutely not um that is a massive massive thing for me but in terms of like clarity in terms of not feeling so unstable mentally having that extra bit of energy like psychologically and feeling happier genuinely feeling like there's more serotonin floating around that brain of mine is promising Um, I don't know how many of you have started on or are taking an antidepressant or anti-anxiety med, but I think Lexapro is one of the most common ones. Um, And I know a lot of you and a lot of people can experience side effects. For the first two days, I felt a bit sick, um, just a bit nauseous, not enough to throw up, but yeah, quite quite nauseous um and then this the next two so days three and four and maybe even a little bit of five my anxiety was through the roof elevated my chest pain didn't go away for like three days straight and I'm like fuck am I having a allergic reaction to this medication because that's also possible um but thankfully that went away that has subsided completely and now it is yeah eight days in I had a follow-up appointment with my GP today and he's really happy with how everything is going I'm happy with everything it's 10 milligrams so it's only a small ish dose once a day and yeah so we're seeing how that goes um he did say like again because eight days isn't too long and I'm sort of wondering whether it's placebo and me just thinking oh this is helping me where it may not be doing anything just yet or it also may so I'm gonna give it obviously a month couple of months um and a couple more weeks mainly just to see how it affects me if it changes anything else or if it doesn't um I'll keep you all updated as well if you are interested in it because I think a lot of you um I had a few of you message me on Instagram about it when I mentioned going on Lexapro um I was pretty much given two options to search for a medication that I felt comfortable being on and to consult with a GP about it um, and also to investigate the use of CBD oil medicinal CBD oil so yeah I had a look into both CBD oil looked amazing let me tell you um, but there's only like one apparently GP in all of where I live in Geelong that 
um, can medicate you on that. So I was like, you know what, let's just try the meds. And if the meds don't work, we'll go to CBD oil. Um, and I've heard multiple, multiple good things about that as well, but that's okay. Um, we'll, we'll be on Lexapro for the mo and then see what happens. I'd love to hear from some of you if you've used CBD oil as a treatment as well. Um, for anxiety. Another sad kind of thing I've noticed is after being on Lexapro for over a week, I didn't realize how sad I was. Like, and I wasn't depressed. I was diagnosed with anxiety, not depression, but I guess the two go hand in hand and, and this really helps with both of them. But um, I was kind of sad and I felt again, like increased feelings of happiness and just like calm. Like my mind just feels calm, which is really, really good news. So yeah, there's a little update from me. Um, re everything that's been going on my motivation to film and everything like my drive to my drive to film content and record the podcast and you know make content and work with brands and everything is back and so so strong and I think that's really obviously has a lot to do with everything that's happened so there's no stress behind me wondering what's wrong with my gut um there's no pain and and like a celiac and gluten has a lot to do with your your gut and your brain have a lot to do with each other they talk to each other they're besties okay they're besties when they're working together they're enemies when they're not and um now that I'm not you know poisoning myself essentially with gluten I think that's really helped my mental health as well which is what my gastroenterologist um told me would happen as well and luckily it's happening a lot sooner rather than later because it can again can take a very long time for that for your symptoms to go away yeah on the up oh my god I hope you guys can't hear that my stomach is literally rumbling so I'm gonna go make some dinner with my housemates now um but yeah I just wanted to thank all of you for sticking around if you're listening to this I love you so much and I'm so sorry for the hiatus I have so many guests lined up I have so much more content coming and I promise you it will be weekly content from now on because your girl is back and she's ready and raring to go um I think it's time to read out some uh, reviews of the week, people. Um, let me just get this up here. It's been a hot mini. I did see someone leave a really recent review. I think it was last week. So this cheeky person is going to get a shout out. Also, if you're still listening to this and you would love your own review or your name to be read out on the Topics of Taboo podcast, then you can leave an Apple review or head to mypodcastreviews.com and leave your rating and review there. It really helps get this podcast out to more and more listeners just like you. And I would really, really appreciate it. And I'd love to know what you think about the podcast and what you'd like to hear about next. Um, so today we have a review from Dangles1224 from the United States who said, I love this podcast so much. Thank you so much for that dangles and we also have one from lily cat from the united states who said this podcast is amazing as a lesbian minor i really love when i can relate to other lgbtq people it would be so cool to get reviewer of the week well lily cat there you go there you have it you've officially been part of reviewer of the mother herkin week you're so welcome thank you so much for listening to the podcast and i'll chat to you all next week bye